by the powers of the spirits of the East, who bring light, humor, and clarity, we call to the witches. By the powers of the spirits of the South, who bring protection, passion, and courage, we call to the witches. By the powers of the spirits of the West, who bring harmony, strength, and healing, we call to the witches. By the powers of the spirits of the North, who bring abundance, growth, and peace, we call to the witches. Desert Jen and Obsidian Musette Sage, here to share our knowledge with you on all things witchcraft. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Crones of the Wild Wastelands. This is Desert Jen and Lady Sonica. Sonica, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience since this is your first time on the podcast? Hello, everyone. My name is Lady Sonica. I have been uh, practicing witch for my whole entire life. I like to read. I like to go out camping. I love to be in nature. And if you have any questions for me, I'd be glad to answer them. All right. We're so glad to have you here today. Um, on our podcast today, we're going to be looking at hoodoo. Not voodoo, hoodoo. Sit back, relax, learn about this path born under duress and oppression. Hoodoo is generally defined as a hybrid practice of African, Native American, and Christian beliefs. Contrary to the um, Oxford Language Dictionary, hoodoo and voodoo are distinctly different. Hoodoo is the practice firmly set into the Christian faith and its Bible. Voodoo is its own religion, although certain aspects coexist with Catholicism. One common element is that they found their way to the Western world through the African slave market. Hoodoo, also commonly called conjure, or root work is distinctly practiced by Christians. The Christian Bible is intertwined into the practice. According to my major source today, which is old style conjure, hoodoo, root work, and folk magic by Star Causes, copyright 2017, hoodoo was developed as a way to practice some of the African beliefs under the cover of Christianity. So it was important to hide it within the Christianity, which they were being, which was being forced upon them. As time advanced, the American Indian knowledge of roots were, and herbs were incorporated into conjure. Thus, workers are known as root workers. Honoring the ancestors is one of the basic components of hoodoo. The ancestors are those who were forcibly removed from their homeland in Africa and brought to the Americas. They created this belief system and should be honored as such. As I said earlier, Christianity is intertwined into conjure. The Africans were forced to worship the Christian God and Bible. If they were caught worshiping anything different could mean death. Thus, they hid their workings into the Bible. 
This is one reason why hoodoo is not treated as a specific religion, but a working within Christianity. That is not to say that you need to be Christian to work hoodoo, but you do need to incorporate the Bible into your workings. Thin line, I know, but it is what it is. You got anything to say, Sonica? Yes, I do. I have a couple of things to say. We need to remember back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, anybody practicing the craft was persecuted very badly. Yeah. Look back in your history. My grandmother was a high priestess of a Celtic religion. And when I was about from 10 to about 13, I started noticing that my grandmother was doing. Um, outside work, outside of the coven. And I heard the name hoodoo several times. Didn't understand it. So one day I went and asked my grandmother, you know, what was this hoodoo about? She didn't explain it entirely, but she did explain how she was using it. And because of the stigmata against the word witch or witchcraft at that point in time, she had to protect herself. She couldn't go as shamanic or a shaman because, you know, they only looked at people with Native American history at that point in time. So she went under the banner of hoodoo. So she can take her healing practices outside of the valley that we lived in. My grandmother was an old-time self-opposed doctor of the valley, you want to say. But she had a great knowledge of herbs and oils and practical medicine. So she would go outside the valley to help treat under the banner of hoodoo. Now, myself, I really don't know a whole bunch about the practice of hoodoo. My grandmother never talked about it much. So this is kind of new to me also, except for the fact that one of my family members did practice under the banner of hoodoo. She didn't want to be one of these side road, point your finger at snake charmers or <laughs> anything like that. So she went under the banner of hoodoo. What her practices were, I cannot tell you. And unfortunately, she has passed on, so I can't ask. But that's that's so tough when when, when you, you discover all these questions you have for somebody, but they passed on, and how do you get the answers? You know, it, it's it's tough. I've been going through that lately with my mom. Yeah, it is very tough. You know, since I just can't dial her up and say, "Hey, Grams, come down. I got some questions for you." Um, I'm learning about hoodoo as we speak. I'm just learning about hoodoo myself. But the one thing I do want to stress is people that were practicing under the craft usually grabbed names that they can work under because of the, the persecution was so severe back then. Yeah, it was. And I, like I said, once again, I don't know what her practices were. I do know what they were within our coven. How she practiced outside of the coven, I cannot tell you. Right. I do know she had many, many people outside of the valley. And when I speak of valley, I speak of uh, a place called Covalo, California, back in the, the 
50s and 60s, it was a valley of 800 people. That was it. Closest town was 75 miles away. Closest hospital was a little further. So my grandmother was more or less the doctor of the valley. And I went with her on many of her emergencies. And uh, she was a phenomenal woman. She was absolutely a phenomenal woman. But she had to hide who she was. You know, I have to wonder about my own grandmother, my paternal one, because as she lived here with my folks and um, as we've been going through things, I find little things of hers. Now, she was a a practicing Episcopalian, but um, I I find all kinds of things like a package of stones written with the stone and what the stone does. Mm. She always had the wives tales. I, I I don't know. I don't know if Grandma I, just part of her bringing up in Nebraska or what. But I would yeah. say uh, she hid her uh, her inner side because of the persecution. They were still taking women out and shooting them and yeah. hanging them. Baffles the mind. You know, here we are in the United States. Persecution in the 30s and 40s and 50s was tremendous. Yeah, it wasn't until, what, um, Z Budapest and a few of the others of her generation came forward and started doing mm-hmm. it openly that way, right. you know, um, that was the 70s, so. Right. Back in her time, it was when Aleister Crowley or um, uh, Buckman. Yeah. You know, Buckman and Jamie Farr and his wife, they were just starting out. Right. Yeah. And here my grandmother is a high priestess from Ireland working under the Celtic religion, which there wasn't a lot of people that were knocking on the door and saying, hey, we're part of this, too. And she came to the United States and she found out very, very early that she had to hide who and what she was. That is one of the reasons. Um Apparently, she moved to the valley, so she could have a coven there. Yeah, and not suffer from the persecution you're going to find in the city if somebody just happens to look out their back window or something. Yeah, I can see that. that. At that point in time, Covalo Valley was a reservation. Uh So you had um, the smattering of Amish people, the smattering of you know, whites, but most of the people in the valley were Native American. And since our belief and their belief run so parallel to each other. Yes, they do. You know, she was accepted. And as time went on, her coven grew. I was raised within that coven. Uh-huh. There were some old farts. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> That's cool. Well, there were some old farts there. But... um yeah, it was very hard for my grandmother back in her day. Yeah. But I, and, can I say that, you know, just in ending, I'm very awed and very humbled by my grandmother for the amount of faith she has in our belief to never let it go. That's and, fantastic. You know, she, <laughs> yeah. That's I, really I fantastic to... To have a heritage that to, to teach you about the path. I mean, you know, I I wish I would have had that. I may not have waited until I was almost 50 to 
to join, to, to find, find the path. People ask if there's a karma or something like that under hoodoo. From what mm. I have read and, and, and stuff, it says all the work in hoodoo is qualified as justified. The question isn't if the question, the action is right or wrong, but is it justified? Curses can be justified if the situation calls for it. There's no karma. It's mandatory that you are justified in all that you do. You really shouldn't curse somebody who cut you off in traffic or just basically pissed you off, as Star Casas points out in their book. That would be unjust. If you were to curse somebody unjustly and they reverse the curse, it will come back on you. Reversals are workings that can turn situations. I equate them to a mirror spell in my own belief system. Have a batch of bad luck, you perform a, a reversal. If, that, if the bad luck was caused by someone's unjustified curse on you, then the energies are sent directly to the person who performed the curse. Reversals are always done in a counterclockwise um, direction, turning back the clock to before the batch of bad luck began. As with any magic-based belief system, you need to believe thoroughly in yourself and your magic. Second-guessing the success of the working will cause it to fizzle, but, you know, I think that's true with all magic. Exactly. When researching hoodoo, you will find some of, the, of it written in almost a different language. That language is gula, spoken by the descendants of Africans in island and coastal regions of South Carolina, Georgia, and northeastern Florida. It takes some deciphering for a northerner to understand, but once you become accustomed to the grammar and the use of words, it is pretty easy to follow. As many of us goddess followers use sage to purify their workings, root workers use a white candle brushing off, starting at the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. While doing this, you pray for deliverance. I know this may be hard for many of us in the craft. Many of us came to the craft to get away from Christianity. But as I said before, they are intertwined and necessary to the practice of conjure. Different workings call for different parts of the Bible. One I looked at in Starkasa's book, Justice Against an Enemy, calls for the recitation of 2 Samuel 22, verse 49. Thus. You should have some familiarity with the Bible to do the workings. When you set up an altar in the conjure fashion, it usually faces east, but it is not a firm requirement. A handkerchief with a glass of water, a candle, and a Bible placed upon the handkerchief is the general setup. You offer your prayers to the ancestors daily or weekly, Star Casas recommends to those unfamiliar with Christian prayer and Bible is to simply pick up the Bible and open it. You then read the passage that pops out to you, and that's your um, dedication for the day or week or whatever. Conjure, hoodoo, root work, whatever you choose to call it, is a complicated belief system. It is mainly practiced by Southern Baptists who are knowledgeable about the Bible. I am placing some links to the websites I use 
as reference if you should choose to investigate further. The leaks can be found on our website, Pagans of the Wild Wasteland. Uh, the exact address is www.paganswildwasteland.com. Starting with this podcast, a written version of the podcast will be found under the blo under blog on the website. I I find hoodoo an interesting practice. Again, not a religion of its own, and we'll be doing more reading on it in the future. Sonica, do you have anything else to um, input? Yeah. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, any research you do only makes you stronger in your belief system. Pulling from multiple aspects of our religion only strengthens you. Remember, you are the tool. Good so point. Learning, learning is a way to strengthen your tool. That's part of what Nikki wanted when she started this, is to get people interested in learning more, um, to strengthen their faith, to, to strengthen their skills, you know, and um, I hope that we can continue this on into the future. That okay, that seems to be a wrap for this week. I, I thank Hecate very greatly for your presence here today, Sonica. Um, with you. all hopes, this is the beginning of a great thing. So would it be. As an, huh? I said, so mote it be. That's right. As an FYI, we are changing our posting dates to Tuesday evening. I just need more time for editing than Monday provides. So tune in next Tuesday and listen to our discussion on integrating the craft into your life. Uh, we're going to take it a little bit further than we took it um, earlier with Nikki. So this will be a good discussion on, you know, how, how how can I at work keep my faith going without insulting some Christian that's going to come up behind you go, ah! <laughs> um, th there are ways to do it and be discreet if you want to be discreet. Um, but until then, stay safe, stay warm, and stay weird. Bless you all. Bless you all. Join Desert Jen and Obsidia Musette Sage next time on Crones of the Wild Wasteland as we chronicle the ways of the witches. Care for yourselves and one another. Keep the strengths of the witches close to your heart and spirit. By the powers of the north, west, south, and east, we bid you hail and farewell.